Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because I realized that without him, I would be nothing. Pastor Twyman and Meredith, you know what you mean to me, all that you've done. Sister Twyman, God bless you. To you, my Macedonia family, I thank and praise God for you this morning. Uh, you've been such a tremendous support. You've been loving, and I thank God for that. You've been encouraging. I thank God for that. You let me know that my labor is not in vain. And so I continue to keep on keeping on. And I don't know about you, but I, you know, I, I can testify to the song that the choir just sung. Because there were some folk that said I wouldn't be here today. But thanks be to God. God made a way. And I stand here before you tell you that I'm only here by the grace of God. There's no other reason why I'm here today but by his grace and his mercy because there's some things that should have taken me out of here. But God allowed me to be here this morning to share with you what thus says the Lord. So I stand humbly before you. I thank and praise God for you. And I'm not going to be before you long. You have your Bibles. We're going to open your Bibles to Psalms 121. Very familiar passage. Psalms 121. Say amen when you have it. And we're reading your verse, and you're hearing just one verse, verse number five. And it reads, the Lord is thy keeper. That's it. The Lord is thy keeper. This morning I'd like to preach from this thought. A kept church. A kept church. Throughout scripture, Christ has claimed, and rightfully so, that the church belongs to him. God is the redeemer of his church, and not only is he the redeemer of his church, but he is also the keeper of his church. For God redeemed the church by his precious blood. But understand that he keeps the church by his Holy Spirit. And we've all been kept by the power of God. It is God that has kept us. And I know, I know, I know that, that, that some of us believe that we've kept ourselves. You believe that you've gotten here this far in your life just based upon you've been so careful. I know that you go and you, you, you perhaps work out and you're eating right. But understand, there's a lot of people that eat right and work out that are dead today. Because God is the one that determines when you live and when you'll check out of here. And the mere fact that you're here this morning tells me that God has kept you today. God keeps his church on an individual basis. But God also keeps his church on a corporate basis as well. 
Because we find ourselves in a time in, a, in which the church does not get much respect anymore. We find ourselves in a place where the, the church is under attack by this world, the things of this world. But understand that Jesus said that upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So God is the one that keeps his church. It's not by strength. It's not by might, but it's by his spirit that he keeps the church. And understand that, that, that this church has been kept by God all along. And as it has been mentioned, we in a, in a period of transition here at the Macedonia Baptist Church. Transitioning from Pastor Twyman to a new pastor. And so sometimes when you have a transition of this magnitude, there's, there's a thought that maybe the church might break apart or may split. And I began preaching last January. And what most of you don't know is that that was a difficult transition for me, myself. But what it caused me to do is it drove me to my knees. And I began to pray and say, God, I don't know what you would have me to do. And God began to speak to me with no uncertain term. He said, you just listen to my voice. Understand that there's sometimes you got to tune everybody else out and just listen to the voice of God. But he said, you keep on listening to me. And I'll lead you along the way. And understand what you don't really understand that it's been God that's been keeping us during this transition. It's been the Lord Jesus Christ himself that's been keeping us. But whether you know it or not, God's been keeping this church a lot longer than just eight months or ten months. God has always kept this church. God has always been in this church. Over 101 year, uh, years ago, God established this church. And he's been keeping it ever since. And understand that, that, that we've come through some rough roads here at the Macedonia Baptist Church. There's been some difficult times. There's been some time that, that, that we wanted to throw in the towel. But God kept the church. God kept the people. It was by the grace of God that he kept us. And so we have been a kept church. Been kept by the power of God. That's the only reason why we're still here. It's because what God has done through men of faith, how God has blessed us, to have three wonderful pastors that have taught us the word of God. That has taught us how to pray. How to trust God no matter what. It's the only way you're going to keep a church. Is that God keeps it. Except the Lord build the house. They that labor, labor in vain. God builds the house and keeps the house. And so, and, so, and so in this Psalms, in this Psalms, Psalms 121 is a very uh, familiar passage of, 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 of the Psalms. He opens up this Psalms very uniquely because in the first verse we said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. 
My help cometh from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth. This is what the psalmist is saying. He said that when you find yourself in a time of trouble, when you find yourself in a period of transition, when you find yourself in a period of difficulty, you need to look beyond the hills. You see, there's no help in the hills. There's no help on Capitol Hill. There's no help at, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But we need to look beyond the government. Look beyond those that think they're in power. We need to look to God. And I don't know about you, but every now and again, I get myself in some trouble, and I need somebody to help me. Can anybody testify that God is a helper? That all of our help comes from God. But listen here, even better than that, even better than the fact that we got help in God, God is also not just a helper, but he's also a keeper. He's also one who keeps us. He keeps us. He tells us first to focus on him, to put our focus on him. He said, look to the hills, focus on me. The problem is that we have been too much time focusing on other folk. Focusing on other things. So many other things have distracted us in the church. But understand that God is the one that is trying to be, been trying to get our attention. Listen, don't you know that this whole situation is God getting our attention? We've been up underneath this pandemic for over a year and a half. And if God did not get your attention then, I don't know what in the world will get your attention. But he's most certainly gotten my attention because I realize that I could have been out of here, but God kept me. God kept me. And it's only by his grace, it's only by his mercy that he can keep me. He's more than just a helper. He's a keeper. In verse number three of this text, the psalmist suggests that God is keeping you by keeping you in your environment. In verse 3, he said, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. And he that keepeth thee will not slumber. That's good to know. What you need to understand is that this is a psalm of degree here. This is a psalm in which they sung as they went up to Jerusalem to worship God. It's a song of degree because there are 15 of these psalms that are written that they sung along the way. As a matter of fact, they're also called a journey psalm, where they sung these psalms to encourage themselves as they went up. Understand that going up to Jerusalem was a rocky, mountainous situation. There was sometimes you, you misstepped. You could slip and fall. But here what the psalmist is saying, he said that God is able to keep you in good standing. God is able to secure you. And understand that you've been on some rocky situations. I don't know about you, but I've been in some slippery and some rocky situations. I've been in some situations that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? I've seen some rough times. I've been in some difficult times. But it was God that steadied my feet. It was God that ordered my steps. So God will keep us even in the rocky situations. 
God keeps his church even in rocky situations, even in difficulties, even when the naysayers come and want to scandalize your name. God is still keeping you. This is more about the terrain. It's about your walk. Where are you placing your foot? Are you placing your foot on a slippery slope? Because even if you are, God still got you. God will still take care of you. There's nothing that you come up against. God will not face for you. Understand that God will lead us down sometimes, down these places, these rocky situations, these slippery slopes. He'll lead you down these areas. And he leads you down there, number one, that your faith might be increased. He leads you down these areas that you might be able to trust him even the more. But listen, that, that the second reason that God will lead you down there, because God knows that your enemies, enemies are hot on your trail. And where God has promised to, to, to steady your step, he didn't promise that to your enemies. And there's sometimes that God will bring your enemies in that he might destroy them and make them slip. That they might be your footstool. That's the reason why God does it. To show you that he's got you. Even when your enemies are all around you. Even when they're trying to take you out. God has got you. He is a keeper. Here in the text, the keep, keeper actually means God is a guardian. He guards over us. He keeps us. It is God that does it. Because he is that kind of keeper. He comes to stabilize our lives because we're in an unstable world. We're in an unstable environment. We face difficulties and challenges. Yes, there are some obstacles that we come up against. And we've got to be right, to step the right way. We've got to make sure we're stepping in the right way. Because if not, we'll stumble and we'll fall. But look at Psalms 27, verse number 2 says, When the wicked, even my enemies, and my foe came upon me to eat of my flesh, they did what? Stumble and fail. God tell you, God will set your enemies up to fall right before you. You just got to honor God and keep on living for God. Keep on trusting God. God will cause your enemies to turn around and bless you in your face. If you trust God. God will allow your enemies to speak highly of you even when they don't want to. God, God, God will turn your enemies around and come back to you and bless you when they first cursed you because that's the God we serve. Listen here, he says, he said, though an host should encamp against me, listen here, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing, I have desired of the Lord that I will what? Seek after him that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. This is, this is what the Lord will do for you. He'll bring stability and instability. But not only that, but God will also keep you sane. When folk thought you ought to lose your mind, lost your mind. When folk thought that you should have turned around and cursed God to his face. God will keep you in perfect peace. Why? Because your mind is stayed on him. 
keep you in perfect peace. You see, see, you see, I understand that people have the wrong uh, uh, connotation when it comes to peace. Peace, peace. peace is not the absence of trouble. As a matter of fact, trouble is what makes peace look good. Did you hear me? When, when things are falling down around you, but you ain't falling apart, that's peace. That's when folk can really see peace in your life. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's the time I should have lost my mind. There's some times that I should have just threw in the towel, but God said, no, not so. You stand and see the salvation of the Lord. And that's what I'm doing. I'm standing in this time because I realize that it's God the one that's keeping me. Not only has he kept me stable, but he's kept me sane, kept me in my right mind. Every morning I get up, I get up with a mind to pray and to praise God. And that's the only way that I make it in this upside down world in which I live. Because my mind is stayed on the Lord. And so God stabilizes us. But in verse 5, we also see that God shields us. This word in the Greek for, sh for, 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 for shade is that God actually blocks stuff in our lives. In other words, when things come against us, there's some stuff that you should have faced. But before it even got to you, God blocked it. He put a shield up and stopped it. Before the real enemy had a chance to even root, get roots in it, God blocked it. He stops it. Because he shields us. He keeps us. He provides protection for us. The Lord is thy keeper. He is the, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. Here, here, here we're talking about shade as being a protector. Shade protects us from many things. But most importantly, shade protects us from the sun. These people were headed on their way to Jerusalem in the Far East where the sun will bake down and cause them to go into heat stroke. But God said that not so. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to put a shade over you. You know, I know nowadays the young folk think that throwing shade is a negative thing. But in this text, it's not. God puts shade over you. He protects you from the sun in a hot situation. And I don't know about you. Have any of you ever been in a hot situation? A situation where the temperature quickly rose up above what you could bear. And God still shaded you. He still gave you that shade and, uh, and was preserving you. This is what the psalmist is talking about. Giving us that shade. He blocks the sun. But not only does he block the sun, but he also uh, uh, promises to bless us not in, just in the daytime, but also in the, in the nighttime. This talks about our enemies. Because that's when your enemy comes. Your enemy comes at nighttime. So he can do a sneak attack. The enemy comes that he might be able to come up on you and to, and, and to catch you unaware. It'll be a fool that will want to break into your house in the daytime. Usually we wait until it's under the veil of darkness that your enemy comes. But understand that there's sometimes that your enemy will come even in the daytime. And sometimes your enemy is not without but within. 
In other words, sometimes, sometimes God got to block you from yourself. That, that there's some thing that you're doing that God has to block you from. Listen, that, that, that there's some thing that I prayed for, I was asking God for, and I think right now, Lord, thank you that you didn't give me that. God, thank you that you didn't bring me to this place. God will block situations that bring you harm. God is watching. He's got his eye on you, and he will block it. I'm a living witness that God blocked me from some stuff. That he didn't allow me to step into certain situations. Things that looked good to me at the time really wasn't no good for me as I look back over my life. I've been there before. I didn't take a job that God didn't want me to have. Only to find out that three months later they got rid of the job. That's God blocking and I don't mind God blocking me. I don't mind God because God knows better than I know. He knows better than I know. So he's a shield from the sun, from the heat by day. But he also is a shield at nighttime and will protect you from your enemies. That's his job. And the good thing about this is that the text tells us also that God never slumbers. That's good to know. That's good to know that God does not sleep on the job. You see, there, there, there's a heavy consequence for sleeping when you are guard. Trust me, I know being in the military, you, you, you dare not be caught sleeping on guard duty. Because there's hundreds, if not thousands of people that you have placed in your hands. They depend on you to stay awake. And listen, what would happen to the universe if God took a nap. If God decided that he was going to give him a little rest. He is God. That means that he don't get tired. When the Bible says that he rested, it wasn't for his benefit, it was for our benefit. It was an example for us. So God does not sleep, he does not slumber, he does not go to sleep. He's always here. He is our shield. He is our guardian. But the third thing he does, God keeps us by preserving us. Verse number seven, he says, the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. This, this is a good thing. This word here, preserve, in the Hebrew is the same word for keep. So in other words, God keeps us from evil. God keeps us from the evil one. God keeps us from the evil influences of this world. God keeps us in a right mind. Because that's where everything evil begins. With the temptation of Satan in our minds. And when we bow to temptation, we bow to sin. And so here he said that God keeps us from evil. As a matter of fact, Jesus did the same thing in John, the 17th chapter. Jesus prayed for God to keep us from the evil one. As a matter of fact, when, he, when, he, when they asked him about praying, he told them, he said, he said I pray uh, that you should take them uh, out of this world. This is what Jesus is saying, uh, and keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. 
Thy word is true. In his model prayer, he said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. We're asking God to keep us from evil. And that's what the psalmist is doing. He asked God to keep us, to preserve me from the evil one. Preserve my soul. Here, 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 he uses the word soul in the emphatic voice in which he's talking about, when he says soul, he's talking about that breathing part of us. That part that God had breathed into us. In other words, God will keep, keep you alive. He'll keep you breathing. That's what he does, he, because he is a keeper. He is a keeper. He keeps us. He preserves us, even to the day of redemption. Understand that this is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit comes to seal us or to preserve us, even until the day of redemption. God preserves us. He keeps us to the end. He's a keeper. It's great to be kept by the Lord. The songwriter writes this song. He says, oh, to be kept by Jesus. Kept by the power of God. Kept from the world unspotted. Tread where Jesus trod. He goes on to say, oh, to be kept by Jesus. Lord, at thy feet I fall. Why? Because I would be nothing, nothing, nothing without him. Thou shall be all in all. And if you've been blessed to know the second verse, the second verse goes like, he said, oh, to be kept by Jesus. Serving as he shall choose. Kept for the master's pleasure. Kept for the master's use. Oh, to be kept by Jesus. Kept from the world apart. Low in mind and spirit. Gentle and pure in heart. Oh, to be kept by Jesus. It's a wonderful thing to be kept by Jesus. Jesus is the only one that's authorized to keep us. Why? Because he paid the price of keeping us. Not only did he pay the price for our redemption, but he also showed us what it looks like to be kept by the power of God. Jesus did not want to go to the cross because what it offered, his separation from the Father. But God kept him even in the Garden of Gethsemane as he prayed. Kept him on course. Kept him on track. He gave up his life for us. With the Golgotha's hill and they nailed him to the cross. Nailed him in his hands. Nailed him in his feet. It wasn't the nails that kept him on the cross. It was the love of God that kept him on the cross. It was God's mercy for us. His grace for us. God kept us because of what Jesus did. How he gave his life for us. Was buried in the tomb but on the third day rose with all power in his hands. It's by that that we have. That God keeps us. It's because of that. Because of what he's done for us. He has the power and authority to keep us. Because he is a keeper. He's a redeemer, but he is a keeper. He's a helper, but he is a keeper. And I thank God that he kept me. I thank God that he saved me one day. I thank God that he didn't throw me away. I thank God that he kept me and he raised me up. 
and the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful to God because he has kept me. So the psalmist realized that it's about him keeping the, the children of Israel. In Macedonia Baptist Church, you've been kept. You need to understand that. You need to realize that, that it's God that's keeping you. And he won't let you down. As Reverend Shu may say, he's going to send a pastor. And that pastor's going to fall along the same line as Pastor Twyman and the one that came before us. Because that's what God does. He's a keeper. He is our keeper. This is a kept church. God bless you. stand. We don't know who is in the midst. We don't know who is among us.